Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, we had a lot of fun playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge. Tune in to uh, Carton and Friends in the morning, and uh, they'll continue the trivia action. All right, speaking of action, uh, we've got a couple of Major League Baseball games that we were just talking about. Yankees are up 4-2 on the Orioles. Oh, no, no, sorry. As uh, Just as uh, we speak, the Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore Orioles have actually taken a 5-4 lead, man. Uh, looks like... Uh, you know, they just put up a three spot actually in the bottom of the sixth inning, and Yankees were big favorites. Uh, Phillies and Mets are still tied at uh, three right now. They're in the sixth inning. Let's talk some baseball with uh, one of the smartest DFS minds in the business. Drew Dinkmeyer steps up in it and joins us. Uh, Drew, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, Drew, I just mentioned we have a double header going on right now, and. I, you know, I don't understand why they would start these games at 4 o'clock and then expect to start the next games at 7.30 or 7.40 and 7.10, whatever they have, they have them scheduled for. When there's no, there's no guarantee these, these games don't go to extra innings right now. But for betting purposes and for DFS purposes, it's, you know, it really it almost takes these games out of the way. How are you approaching this right now with, with the Mets, Phillies, Yankees, and Orioles for tonight's slate? Yeah, thankfully tonight, both the sites have decided to take the decision out of our hands, and they're not including either of the games in the main slates. On days that they are included, it becomes really challenging because you don't know what kind of lineup you're going to get. Oftentimes, teams don't want to have players play in both ends of the doubleheader, so you'll get watered-down lineups. It's very tough to project uh, who's going to be in or out outside of the catcher position. You kind of know the catcher's not going to catch both games. Um, but other than that, it, it kind of becomes a little bit of a crapshoot. So generally, when those games are included on the slate, uh, I tend to avoid them or take small cracks with players that I think have uh, a chance of playing that second game that maybe they rested in the first game or something like that where I have a little bit more confidence that they'll play in that second game. All right, so uh, Zach Eflin's uh, right now up to 10 uh, DK points. It's uh, 3-3 in their sixth inning. He's only got uh, four strikeouts in this baseball game, so... Let's talk about the pitching um, and tonight's uh, tonight's uh, situation. So there's some expensive arms uh, out there. I want let's talk about Clayton Kershaw right now. Uh, you know, Kershaw's twelve thousand nine hundred dollars. Normally, against San Diego, would seem like a good situation to be in. But the fact is, the numbers that he has put up since his return just don't justify the investment, do they, Drew? 
No, it's difficult to get excited about Kershaw these days. You know, the velocity's down a little bit. He's allowing a little bit more hard contact. He's not missing as as many bats as we're accustomed to. And the question of health is just a big one with him. You know, he's been so durable for so many years, but now as he gets into his 30s, he started to battle some DL stints the last few years. And so you're not getting any sort of price discount on Kershaw right now. He's priced right next to Garrett Cole, basically, around 13000 on DraftKings. And that is a huge ask. Now, on FanDuel, both of those guys are priced a little bit more affordably. They're in like the 10 to 11K range. And where you only get one pitcher, they might make a little bit more sense over there. But on DraftKings, it's really hard to pay that full price, um, even though it's, you know, obviously a great spot with San Diego. And you look at the, let's say, look at the pitch count since it's been back. 62, 55, 68, got up to 74. Yet the strikeouts really just haven't been there as you started. You stated he's not missing as many bats. The velocity's just a little bit down. I, I'm not panicking. I'm a Dodger fan. I think, you know, it's sort of just ramping up, actually, for September. But for fantasy purposes, you know, it's somewhat alarming. I mean, look, he went six innings in his last start, but only two strikeouts. Yeah, and that's the big thing, especially when you're not getting any sort of price discount whatsoever, because you're you're asking to pay full price for Clayton Kershaw as if he's you know midseason form Clayton Kershaw, and clearly that's not the case based on the last few outings, whether it's been the pitch count or the the strikeout numbers or the swinging strike numbers, they just haven't really been there. So I think he's okay where you get a price discount, which I think you're getting on FanDuel, but on DraftKings where you're not getting that price discount, it's it's really asking a lot. Um, it seems like it's the, been a theme with a couple of the Houston Astro pitchers in which I don't know if it's fatigue kicking in right now or it's just sort of circumstance that they're getting hit. But let's look at Garrett Cole. And, you know, Garrett Cole in his last start cost $13,000, and he only had 10.7 uh, uh, DraftKings points. 13000 a week before uh, in the start before, 16.1. He had 26 uh, points in the start before that against the Kansas City Royals, but can you justify uh, paying for Garrett Cole tonight, uh, Drew? 13100 It's also a big ask, and Oakland's a pretty decent offense. Um, they're, they can strike out a, a little bit, but they're not, you know, they're like a top 10-ish, top 15 offense overall. They're not a terrible offense by any means. And Cole, you mentioned the struggles of late. He has just one quality start in his last five starts. And I know the quality start metric's not great, but it is representative of, you know, high-end performances. And that's what you're being asked uh, to put together with a guy who's 13K. Uh, you look at the pitch mix, and the velocity's been pretty much consistent throughout the whole time. He's throwing his fastball and curveball and slider about the same uh, as he did early in the season. So I can't really explain why he's gone from being so dominant early in the season to not being nearly as dominant and more of like the Garrett Cole we saw with the Pittsburgh Pirates over the last month. But that's certainly been the case, and the price, again, has not come down. So until that price comes down, he's probably going to be a play that um, on most slates I'm going to be okay passing on in favor of a, a more reasonably priced starter. Okay, Barrios, is he is he more reasonably priced as far as you're concerned in a good spot against Kansas City and Minnesota? And you look at Barrios' numbers at home, Drew, the splits are pretty impressive. He's very, very good at home. What's his whip? His uh, 0.80 in 10 home starts. Or is it too expensive for Barrios at 12100 Yeah, it's way too expensive. It's obviously a very good matchup with Kansas City. Um, but 12-1, you need to have a strikeout projection in the 7-8-9. And Barrios just hasn't been that consistent with the strikeouts. In addition, the last two starts, the velocity has been down a little bit for Barrios. So 
this is a situation normally where I'd be kind of looking at the other side and thinking maybe there's some stack opportunities here, but Kansas City's offense is so bad that you can't really go that route. So it just ends up kind of being a game that I'm I'm largely avoiding the Minnesota uh, pitcher and I'm largely avoiding the Kansas City bats. Now it seems to me, and I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you seem to not be a fan of taking crappy pitchers and hoping for the best. <laughs> so what about on the other side of that, Danny Duffy, speaking of strikeouts, um, is Danny Duffy, is, is it worth a roll of the dice at $5,800 at all? He's been pitching a little bit better of late. The thing with Duffy, though, is he has such wide platoon splits. He's really dominant against lefties and not so much against righties. Now, I will say this. The Twins helped him out a little bit with this lineup with two lefties at the top and three lefties in total. That helps him out a little bit. Um, I think he's a borderline GPP tournament type target. There's one guy that's cheaper that I think is a worse pitcher, but I'm more interested in on this slate than Duffy. Um, but it is a tough slate for pitching on the whole. I would say most of the good pitchers have something wrong with them, either pitch counts or pricing. Um, and so you, you end up looking a little bit further down the spectrum into some ugly options tonight. Well, you know, so let's let's look at him. So we got Clevenger. He's also expensive, and I don't want to. Yep. I don't. I don't want to get in front of this Cincinnati team right now. I was talking about it, Drew, just a minute ago from a betting perspective and a trend perspective. Um, the Reds are seven and one in their last eight games against the um, the American League Central. They're fourteen and six in their last twenty games against uh, American League teams in interleague play. You know, the the Reds are on a roll right now. They're feeling good. Um, so I, I don't really want to get in front of that at eleven five. The guys that caught my eye were sort of these guys in this 8-5 range. So we got Anderson with Milwaukee. And how about Rodriguez uh, with Boston at 8-4? And so who? And then after that, who, who are the guys? What do you think of those two? And then who, who are you looking at tonight? Yeah, Rodriguez is the guy that really caught my eye on the first go of the slate. Now, the implied total has moved up. There's been a little bit line movement against him. Um, so he's now gone from 3.9 to 4.2, which is, is where we are now. That's okay. It's not great. Uh, the lineup was not helpful in terms of Texas putting out a lineup that didn't have Chu or Gallo in it. Those are you know, higher strikeout rate, left-on-left matchups for Eduardo Rodriguez where we'd project the strikeout rate a little bit higher. But we still have him as one of the better plays on both sites uh, with this price tag. He's been really solid this year. He's been pretty consistent. Uh, Texas is a team that has been okay against left-handed pitching, but they shouldn't really profile that way because so many of their best hitters are lefty. Um, Chase Anderson is the guy that I think is going to be a little bit over-owned tonight because Miami yeah. is not a very good offense and is a good pitching environment, but they've got the roof open there. It's warm down here in South Florida, and Anderson doesn't really miss bats. And that Marlins lineup, now that they have Martin Prado back, they really don't strike out very much. Um, and if you look at that lineup, like where where is he going to get strikeouts from? It's probably going to be the very bottom of the lineup. Now, I think the run prevention will be good, but strikeouts are what really score points in, in DFS. And I think at 8,500, he's a little bit overpriced. If he was 7,500, I think he'd be the best play on the slate. Um, but at 8,500, I think he's you know he's he's probably going to be overowned for my liking. So I like Eduardo Rodriguez more than Chase Anderson there. And then the really tough situation is Chris Archer, who's right there at 8,100, yep. because yep. this lineup is match made in heaven for Archer. It's a right-hand heavy lineup for Detroit that strikes out a bunch. He's pitching at home in Tampa Bay, where he's uh, very strong historically. The challenge is he's going to have a pitch limit, and it's going to be something like 75 pitches. So you're hoping for five innings, essentially. Um, I think he's going to pitch well. He pitched well in his one rehab start. He was dominant for hitless innings with seven strikeouts. And this, you know, Tigers lineup is equivalent of like a triple A lineup. 
I just don't know how long he'll go. And the problem is if he runs into any trouble at all, you don't have any upside uh, or any ability to claw out because of the pitch limit. So I think Archer is kind of okay in cash games, but maybe a guy that I wouldn't play in tournaments. Um, but man, I wish we had a full, fully healthy Archer because he would be the best play on the slate by a wide margin. All right. So before we get to us uh, to some hitters, uh, you said there's a guy that's cheaper than Duffy. That, you know, you don't know, say you're taking, but at least you, you were curious by. So it's either Nova or Perdomo. Yeah. And I noticed the computers seem to like Nova today a little bit. So is it Nova or Perdomo tonight? It, it is not Nova. I'm uh, I'm actually big on the Nationals, so I like the other side of, of the Nova game. It's Perdomo. Um, he's bad, but he's 4,500, and that's a, that's a really cheap price tag. It depends a little bit on the lineup that the Dodgers roll out there. The problem is, is that Perdomo is really bad against lefties, and he's decent against righties. And the Dodgers can just run out a ton of lefties, and especially with Puig likely going to the DL, that might be Andrew Tolles, who's reportedly been taking batting practice with the team today. That would be another lefty. Um, but at 4,500, I'm kind of intrigued. Him and uh, Jose Urena are the two like cheaper starting pitchers that I'm kind of interested on this slate. Urena also got a lefty-heavy lineup from the Brewers, which isn't great. But the Brewers are a team that strikes out a bunch, and the guys that they are playing from the left side are strikeout heavy in terms of Thames and Brad Miller, uh, Travis Shaw. And then the bottom of the lineup where they have like Hernan Perez and Nottingham are guys you can get by. Um, I kind of think that is a bad line in that Miami-Milwaukee game, so I kind of like Miami side a little bit more than uh, Milwaukee, so I'm kind of on Urena as well. Uh, you mentioned Martin Prado. I actually, uh, do you agree? I actually think he's a pretty good pick tonight. Very cheap, $2,900, and uh, he's pretty hot right now. Last couple of games, very, very productive. Yeah, he's very cheap. I On a different slate, I'd be more interested. Just because I'm not super interested in the high-end pitching, I don't really need the salary relief yeah. down there. So yeah. it's just a matter of him not fitting the slate particularly well. But anytime you can get like a sub-3K um, you know, cleanup hitter, which is what he's hitting tonight – that type of play is, is certainly in the wheelhouse. I like a guy, if you were to go cheap, that's a little bit more expensive than him that I think has more power upside, and Colin Moran, uh, who's in that Pittsburgh-Washington game. I, I like the Pittsburgh-Washington game for offense tonight. I think that's one of the sneakier spots for offense tonight. All right, so you're taking a look at uh, some Washington national players. Any national players in particular and any other, um, any, the, any other offensive guys that you like, specifically on a team or just individuals uh, scattered around a bit? Yeah, I think Boston and Cleveland will be the most popular offenses tonight, and I think with good measure. I mean, Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez have been unbelievable all year long. Uh, Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez have been great for Cleveland. Those guys are always great plays, and I think they're going to be attainable tonight because people are going to have salary to spend. Now, this is what makes the Nationals interesting to me because I think all the Nationals at every one of their positions, they're like the second or third best play. And so I don't think people are going to own them tonight. And their offense, they ran out a great lineup with their top seven is, you know, the Turner, Harper, Rendon, Eaton, uh, Adams. It just it goes on and on with Murphy with that depth now. It's just a super deep lineup. Nova doesn't miss bats. The park in Pittsburgh is much better for lefties than righties. They have mostly lefties in their lineup. They got Matt Wieters back. It's mid-80s in Pittsburgh. And Washington's guaranteed that ninth-inning plate appearance, which Boston and Cleveland aren't because they're home teams. So I like Washington as the pivot from Cleveland and Boston tonight, where Cleveland and Boston have a little bit more ownership. So a guy like Bryce Harper tonight going to go way under-owned because everybody wants to play Mookie Betts or J.D. Martinez. And I think Harper's in a similar spot, although he's not had as successful a year this season. Uh, but the ownership difference makes him a really compelling tournament play for me. 
All right, we got about a minute left uh, here, Drew. A pitcher that's been struggling as of late is uh, Kyle Hendricks. Lost five of his last yeah. six decisions. ERA 6.29. Control's been an issue. Hard contact is up. You watch him, and he just he struggles uh, basically on a start-by-start basis. Uh, and, uh, what, what's your take on this tonight? Anyone? Uh, I was looking at Belt tonight with San Francisco. Yeah, he. so Kyle Hendricks is close to my heart. I'm a Cubs fan, and I'm a Dartmouth alum. So I have a lot in, in common with Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> um, and he's one of my favorite pitchers to watch, but he is, he is admittedly struggling right now with his mechanics, and he said so. He just is fighting his mechanics. He can't really find things. And look, he doesn't have the stuff to live without elite command. He throws 86-87. He's not going to miss bats in the middle of the zone. So he's got to be on the corners. And when he's not finding his mechanics, you know, everything kind of goes out of whack. So he normally on this slate would stand out as a great play. But with the mechanical issues, I can't go there. You mentioned Brandon Belt. I think Brandon Crawford is also a really good one-off target that people aren't going to play in tournaments that has big power upside at a thinner shortstop position. I think some of those lefty bats on San Francisco can be sneaky tonight. Drew Dinkmeyer. So, Drew, what's the best way people can find uh, find your uh, predictions and analysis? Yeah, check out all of our projections over at DailyRoto.com. There it is. Nice and simple. DailyRoto.com. Drew, it's always a pleasure. We always learn a hell of a lot. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks so much, Gabe. There's uh, Drew Dinkmeyer with us. Take a quick break. Uh, we'll fire off a couple of players that I like this evening. We'll hit more Major League Baseball trends of the day and more. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com proudly made in america are you or someone you love one of the nearly one million americans living with parkinson's disease there is no known cure but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial the michael j fox foundation will help get you started visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new parkinson's trial participant pack it's free and available right now that's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack visit today attention all authors page publishing is looking for authors have you written a book and want to get it published page publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at amazon apple itunes and other outlets they handle all aspects of the publishing process for you printing cover art publicity copyright and editing call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit that's 800-292-8137 but for your free author submission kit again that's 800-292-8137 
Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Line up block live. Don't forget to tune in uh, to Carton and Friends right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., the DKMS Trivia Challenge will continue. The number to play is 844-843-6879. It's 844-843-FNTSY. It's the DKMS Trivia Challenge. Call in and win. We had a good time uh, playing it. Uh, we had a couple of people uh, get uh, to second base, although uh, one person uh, admittedly did cheat and um, did look it up, which uh, we kind of expected. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to give you guys like a five seconds instead of like seven or eight because it seems like that's the uh, the amount of time that it takes. And uh, don't forget that uh, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, check out the prop builder tools over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY. You can get a 50% deposit uh, bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts that compete against just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. Choose your matchups using the prop builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. All right. Um, so uh, thanks to Drew Dickmeyer uh, for joining us on the program. And, uh, man, the guy really is the best in the business and uh, one of the best in the business. It's not the only a great guy out there, but we're lucky to have him in the rotation and uh, have him as one of the DailyRoto.com uh, uh, experts. He's won the Millionaire Maker numerous times. He's actually won it twice, I believe. And, um, you know, he's won like 150K three or four other times. The guy rakes it in. He kills it. All right, so, and he's in agreement, Eduardo Rodriguez. And I'm glad to hear that because Eduardo Rodriguez, the guy that really caught my eye as well, uh, here He's coming off one of his best outings of the year where he uh, gave up three hits across six scoreless innings, struck out six against the Washington Nationals. He gets the Texas Rangers tonight. Uh, the Rangers uh, players hitting just 171 against him. Uh, he's got a uh, 3.38 earned run average over his last uh, 10 starts. Uh, you know, he's got 100 strikeouts. He's got uh, 10 wins, 100 strikeouts. Not, uh, you know, Rodriguez had him having a nice year like uh, Drew stated. You know, we we actually have Eflin in our lineup right now. That's when I was like to Cam, what do you mean he's hurt? <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Because if you remember last week, who was the crap-ass pitcher that I took? Um, was it Marco Estrada? I took Marco Estrada. I think he got hurt, like, in the first inning. It's happened. I think it happened to me twice last week where my pitchers actually exited the game. So it, wouldn't, it wasn't going to shock me if it happened again. But I think Rodriguez is in a nice uh, a nice spot uh, here. 100 strikeouts on the year, 10-3 and three record, 1.26 whip, averaging 17 drafting uh, points per game, 27.1 drafting points in his last start, six innings, uh, six strikeouts, 27 points. So I, I think Rodriguez, like I said, I don't want to spend big money on those pitchers. Listen, I'm a Dodger fan, but I'm not spending. You can't spend over 13k on Kershaw right now. Guys that pitch more than 74 pitches. Uh, he's not striking anybody out. So to me, Eduardo Rodriguez is definitely worth a look. I've got Zach Eflin. You know, Drew brought it up. He thinks that Anderson uh, with the Brewers is going to be uh, too heavily owned. Uh, he thought that maybe rolling the dice with Perdomo. Perdomo would uh, be worth a look. 
All right. Uh, so I don't really think I'm rolling the dice here by taking Evan Gaddis, am I? I mean, we basically take Gaddis on a daily basis, and why wouldn't we? I mean, designated a hitter, but he's slotted in in the catcher uh, spot. He's driven in 55 freaking runs, man, since May 12th. Pretty insane, really. 55. He's got 55 RBIs since May 12th, this dude. He's got 62 RBIs on the season right now. We're not even at the All-Star break yet. The guy just continues to crush it, and he's in the lineup tonight. He wasn't in the lineup uh, on Sunday yesterday. On Saturday, well, just another day at the office for him. Two for four, an RBI, 14 drafting points. On Friday, another day at the office, three for four, four RBI, home run, 32 drafting points. Evan Gaddis is just an offensive machine. So uh, Evan Gaddis will be in our lineup. We were talking about uh, Kyle Hendricks and Kyle Hendricks struggles, losing five of his last six starts. I think he's got like 18 walks over his last five starts. Uh, Dick Meyer was talking about how, you know, he, he doesn't really have a lot of velocity to begin with, uh, Kyle Hendricks. So he relies on pinpoint accuracy, pinpoint control. And um, the mechanics are a little bit off uh, right now. So I like Brandon Belt. Uh, Drew brought up uh, Crawford. I like Crawford as well. I went with Belt here tonight. I like the fact that, listen, Belt's got a nice track record going uh, against uh, against Hendricks. Five for 13 with a home run against Hendricks. Hendricks struggling right now. Uh, Belt's pretty cheap too. So I'm going to swing uh, swing for the fences with uh, Giants uh, first baseman, Brandon Belt. Brian Dozier. Dozier went off uh, for 25 DK points yesterday, and we are, we're hoping that we're not a, a day late and a dollar short here with Dozier, but uh, he gets Danny Duffy uh, tonight, so he could be in a pretty good uh, situation uh, this evening against uh, the Kansas City Royals. We talked about Prado. Um, Prado is back. He's off the uh, the injured list. He's back. Great value. You know, in the last five games, man, he's got uh, he's got eight hits, five RBIs, racked up fifty-seven DraftKings points in his last uh, four games at twenty-nine hundred dollars. I think that uh, Prado's actually worth it tonight. Now, like Drew stated, he said you don't ha- he didn't feel that you have to spend the money, but I'm just telling you, if you're looking, if you were looking for um, if you were looking for a cheap, uh, you know, if you're looking for someone for cheap at third base. As I say, look, he's been back for three games. Uh, 20 DK points, 6 DK points, 18 DK points for $2,900. It's, it's, he's, it's not, a bad, uh, not a bad play. Listen, uh, Francisco Lindor is freaking killing it, all right? The thing is, Lindor is also very expensive. And, you know, Xander Bogarts isn't exactly coming cheap right now either, to be honest, at $5,000, okay? But uh, Bogertz is absolutely killing it right now. He's got six hits in his last four games, 10 RBIs, six runs scored in his last four. He's put up 84 DraftKings points. I mean, you know, you can never go wrong taking any of the Boston Red Sox. Ben Attendee is, is is on fire right now as well. But Bogertz is on a nice little run right now, very consistent. Um, he hits the ball well at home at uh, at Fenway. $5,000 for Bogarts, but um, he's cheaper than Lindor is. So you're saving a couple of dollars, and I still think you can get some big-time production uh, there from uh, from Xander Bogarts. 
Now, as far as our outfield is concerned, I don't love it, but I'm relying on the computers a little bit here. Now, for the record, Ian Happ. Ian Happ goes tonight. Suarez has actually pitched well for San Francisco, but Happ uh, goes tonight. $3,700 for Ian Happ. And uh, this is a computer projection play. Um, the computers basically like like the big boys, but Hap is the first one up in uh, with the projections that is cheaper. You know, like Mookie Betts is the number one projected uh, outfielder tonight. He's you know he's probably he's projected to score fourteen drafting points, but he's six thousand one hundred dollars. J.D. Martinez, Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox they're they're all favored here, like the top three. J.D. Martinez, $5,800. He's projected to put up 12 points. Uh, ben Attendee's projected to put up 11 points. Bryce Harper, who Drew brought up. Bryce Harper, who, you know, Bryce Harper's an all-star. He shouldn't be. He really shouldn't be. I don't care that it's in Washington. But anyways, um, $5,300. He's projected to put up 10.9 uh, points. Eric Thames, $5,100, 10.9. And we get to Ian Happ. $3,700. He's projected to put up 10.6. So, you know, Ian Happ, for the money, matches up well with some of these higher-priced outfielders. Carlos Gomez, I'm basically taking because I'm out of money. <laughs> and and uh, Carlos Gomez is $3,000. And he's got seven home runs on the season. He's hitting two, 200 only, only 18 RBIs. I mean, if he could hit a baseball as well as he could hit a freaking Gatorade, um, a Gatorade container, then we're going to do pretty well tonight. And finally, in closing, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce. Uh, Pierce, of course, got traded from the Blue Jays to, to the Red Sox. And you know what? He's starting to get a little bit of a rhythm uh, right now. 30, um, 33 DK points in his last uh, two baseball games uh, for Pierce. Got five hits. Got a, got a couple RBIs uh, mixed in here. So our outfield uh, tonight, yeah, Pierce on a 7 for 15 run uh, right now. 33 drafting points in his last two. He gets Mike Miner this evening. Uh, Carlos Gomez, we mentioned, an even $3,000, which is actually pretty cheap for a starting outfielder. I mean, he does blow, but we're going to roll the, the dice here with the Gatorade King, all right? Now, you know, Hap's in a, you know, you figure Hap is in a, in a good... Uh, you figure Hap is in a good spot here this evening. But as we stated, you know, Suarez has been pretty good. So if you're looking at a pitcher here tonight, how about this for uh, for Andrew Suarez? Suarez uh, posted a 2-1-0 earned run average over his last uh, five starts, giving up three runs uh, in each. San Francisco are an interesting team, you know. 47 and 45, they're a good team. They're, I think you know, they're going to be in the mix, but I just don't think they're quite, they're just quite not uh, good enough. So we went over some of the Major League Baseball trends uh, for this evening, and as far as the game's going on right now, 5-4 for the Baltimore Orioles as we speak. They're into the seventh inning right now, 3-3 still with the Mets and the Phillies. And, you know, when I saw that they're playing these games at 4 o'clock and then at 7 o'clock, I, you know, I thought just, just sort of the, um, and I know Cardano enjoys chaos. I thought, you know what? I hope that these games go like 18 innings or something just to screw them up. Because <laughs> like, you're stupid. That's why. 
Like, why the hell wouldn't you start these games at 1 o'clock this afternoon? You start these games at 4 o'clock. What are you going to do? You're going to have a half-hour little turnaround in between games? And it's baseball. You can't guarantee. Like, you know, like the Phillies and the Mets are supposed to play game two at 7.35. It's 3-3. You're only in the eighth inning right now. Like, you know, I almost, I want them to play. Like, I, I, I want them to play, like, 17 innings just to really throw a curve. And uh, maybe somebody will end up getting fired because they'll be like, why the hell did you guys play this at 4 o'clock? But you know what? Baltimore did the exact same damn thing. So it must be a baseball thing, and there must be a method to their madness as to why they started both games at 4 o'clock, and they have them both scheduled to go at 7.30 after. But it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. I'll tell you that much. We talked about the Cincinnati Reds. You know, the Reds, I tell you, man, since Riggleman's taken over, the Reds are no joke. They seem to win every day except the days that I take them. I have bad luck with the Reds, even though the Reds have been pretty hot uh, as of late. Like, the Reds have just, uh, they've been on a roll, man. We talked about it. 7-1, and one, their last eight baseball games against uh, the American League uh, Central. We were talking about Francisco Lindor. Man, Francisco Lindor is hitting 458 this month. He scored at least one run in seven straight games. Major League best uh, 79 runs uh, scored. Some serious uh, damage, man, Lindor's uh, doing. He was one of five Cleveland Indian uh, players named to the American League All-Star team, along with Corey Kluber. Trevor Bauer, Michael Brantley, and Jose Ramirez. And I didn't see, I haven't seen a Major League Baseball All-Star game line yet, but I'll tell you right now, the, the American League really should destroy these guys. If you look at the rosters, man, like there's a big disparity. Like it, it really... There really is. And, you know, it pains, me. it pains me to say it, too, because I am a National League guy. But if you, you know, you compare rosters and it's hard not to believe that the American League are going to be pretty big favorites here. And it's this, the, the All-Star game's always been a streaky operation. I mean, they, the, they won. They didn't lose from 1997 all the way to 2009, the American League won every All-Star game with the exception of that stupid uh, tie. But uh, the American League won every All-Star game from 1997. It was 13 years. And then the American the uh, the American League's run came to an end. The National League rattled off three in a row. And now the American League have won the last five. The American League have won the last five all-Star games. They won 2-1 last year, 4-2 the year before, 6-3 the year before, 5-3 the year before that, 3 nothing. If there's one pattern you notice here, too, you would think when you get all these big bats and all that potency uh, that Major League Baseball All-Star games would be higher scoring, but they're really not. It's tough for the players. The players, they, you know, they're taken out of the regular routine. It's not the same batting practice. It's just, you know... Most of them, you know, they're all starters, right? And a lot of these guys suddenly aren't starting uh, in the all-star game, so they're not used to coming in cold and in a pinch-hit situation. And in all-star games as well, 
you know, you're generally getting a fresh pitcher every two innings. You know, one pitcher might go two innings, but for the most part, it's a new dude every inning in the All-Star game. So you're getting a fresh arm, and pitchers, nobody wants to be embarrassed in an All-Star game, so they're throwing heat. They're throwing their best possible pitches, and, you know, it leads to unders. I, you know, I'm a big All-Star fan, and... You know, it's funny. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was a stupid idea because can you imagine if they did that? Like in the NBA, you'd say, oh, that's stupid. We're going to give home court advantage, but maybe they should just to make Golden State a disadvantage. (laughs) But I actually got used to the all-star game stuff. Actually, you know, because the players actually cared about it. But one thing about the Major League Baseball all-star game in which I think it's it's by far the best all-star game is – the fact that, as I just stated, the players actually do care. Like the players, like NBA All-Star, they care, they compete, but it's not the same. They're more caring about putting on a show. Like baseball players are such egomaniacal, statistical-driven freaks that they're, you know, they're gonna, they try an All-Star game. It's basically like the only All-Star game where a player will try the exact freaking same as he will in the regular game. Put it that way. Like, they're trying to hit home runs. They're trying to strike people out. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Dad, what are you doing? Cramming for college. I'm the one going to college. Yeah, but we need to figure out how we're going to pay for it all. Discover Student Loans. Discover does student loans? Yeah, they're one of the top student loan lenders in the country. It takes 15 minutes or less to apply, and there are no fees for the life of the loan. Best of all, I can earn cash rewards if I get good grades. Really? Yeah, we still have time to apply and get a great rate. So I can just chill. College kids still say that, right? No one says that, Dad. Really? Yeah. Visit discoverstudentloans.com to apply today. Limitations apply. Marcus Cato is a baseball-loving 20-year-old Californian. In May, he was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Marcus now needs a bone marrow transplant from an unrelated donor to survive. The National Bone Marrow Registry is made up of only 7% African Americans, which means Marcus, who is biracial, faces a unique challenge to find a match. Text INVOLVE to 50555 to join DKMS in the fight to help Marcus and others get a second chance at life. The sharpest fantasy sports minds are now available 24-7 straight from your mobile device. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and listen live or on demand to the finest tips, strategies, and advice from your favorite fantasy personalities. It's free and available for both iOS and Android devices. Your life isn't slowing down, so why should your fantasy sports? Head to FNTSY.com radio and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app today. Ready for rage. Game time. Decisions continues. 
You know, I was all fired up for Travis Pastrana to uh, to jump Caesar's Palace, and I was so brutally hung over yesterday. I wasn't thinking about it because uh, I was basically uh, thinking about how hung over I was. <laughs> but uh, motorcycling legend Travis Pastrana paid tribute to Evil Knievel uh, by breaking uh, the records in Las Vegas on Sunday. He cleared all three jumps, jumps consisting of a uh, – 12 nights of Christmas style, 52 cars, 16 buses, and a fountain. Over 400 feet of jumps. Oh, he absolutely crushed it. He absolutely crushed it and uh, even wore like the same outfit that Evil Knievel wore. We're very, very similar to Evil Knievel. So, you know what? Nothing wrong with this. Props to Travis Pastrana for uh, trying to bring a little, uh, little entertainment to the dog days of summer. We're approaching that time. If you're, you know, whenever if you're talking about the Major League Baseball All Star Game, it also means that we must be talking about that movie Sharknado soon, right? They give up on that yet because they kind of did jump, jump, uh, jump the shark on that. <laughs> Sharknado, is it coming? Is there a new one coming? I don't think so. I think they might be done. Oh, no, here it is. All right, here we go. Come on. I was going to be like, really? Oh, you got to be giving me. Yeah, it's probably a good idea that they wrap it up, actually. (laughs) (laughs) The final Sharknado movie, time travel to revolutionary war. Dear God. They're in the revolutionary war. For the last Sharknado, it's about time. The sixth and final installment. History set to be made or mauled when the film series central hero Finn Shepard and his bionic wife, Tara Reid, Ian Ziering and Tyre Reid, and waitress term Storm Tracker turned secret society leader Nova Clark figure out how to travel back in time. Oh, interesting. They're going back in time to stop the uh, the shark thing from ever happening. It's actually now you got me interested. <laughs> oh, you got me sold. Now, because I see I see a picture here. <laughs> it looks like you know it's like uh, revolutionary. Type decisions. Yeah, I don't see a date for this Sharknado release. Actually, I imagine it'll be. Uh, I imagine it'll be real soon. Like I said, it's that it's that time of the year right now. But yeah, like I was saying, I'm fired up for the Major League Baseball All Star Game. And um, listen, the World Cup comes to an end this week. We've got two games uh, tomorrow. We didn't really talk too much about these games. Well, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be on right. Uh, they're at 2 o'clock tomorrow. It's going to be high drama. 
Cam brought it up earlier with France and Belgium that you would got to believe that there's going to be a lot of offense in this game, but I'm generally thinking that things are going to slow down a little bit right now. The stakes are incredibly high, man. All right, this is the semifinal of the damn World Cup. I doubt it's going to be a 3-2 match tomorrow. Even though France and Belgium are both explosive, I get it. Neither team's going to want to make a mistake early. I expect, you know, caution early in this match. I also think both teams are going to score, though. I'm hard-pressed to believe that one of these teams are going to get shut out. They're both just too good offensively. And if you look at the prop, both teams to score, that's minus 125. You know, I really like how do how do both teams not score here? Not to mention, of course, we've seen this tournament. There's been a million and one freaking penalty kicks uh, as well. You got two explosive offenses. At some point, they're going to bury stuff, right? Belgium are too good to get shut out. France are too good to get shut out. I actually personally believe this is, you know, where I'm going with this uh, right now. And it's not my final prediction. You know, it's like, who wants this your final answer? But it pretty much is. I'm not really, you know, I've had a couple of days to to chew on this game. In that I'm going to roll the dice, man, that it's a draw after 90 minutes. And I think Belgium is the play. Listen, you can take Belgium at plus 210 to win in regulation. I don't know, man. Is Belgium, are they really going to win in 90 minutes? They could. I mean, they beat Brazil in 90 minutes' time. It didn't go to extra time. But Brazil were overrated. France are not overrated. It's, it's a different situation. Belgium and France know each other, too. They're neighbors, right? I mean, stylistically, they know each other very well. They both have a ton of players that play in the EPL. So there's there's a familiarity between these teams, but they're both so good. And to me, a prop that I like here is, will both teams score? I say yes. I think both teams will score. I think we're looking at a 1-1 match. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was 1-1. The game goes to extra time. The game goes to extra time. And... Um, and then anything can happen. If you think the game is going to be decided in extra time, then it's plus uh, then it's plus two twenty five. If you think it's going to be decided after penalties, you'll also get five to one, which I'm actually an idiot that I didn't jump in on this prop because I freaking knew, man, that one of those England games two games ago was going to penalties, and uh, I could have cashed at five to one. <laughs> Or you know, I don't. I you know, I don't get the feeling France and Belgium are going to penalties. If France and Belgium go to penalties, yeah, you know, I think they'll be there for an hour. They're both so good. I'd be hard pressed to see too many people missing penalty kicks. I got screwed over the weekend on that in the Russia game. I took uh, total penalties made over under seven and a half live in game betting when it went to penalty kicks. Of course, it got to seven. Two dudes missed. Of course. But I think a draw at plus 225 is uh, is worth a look here. And I also like the draw, basically, in Croatia and England. I really like the draw there. Look, the last two Croatian matches have gone to penalty kicks. So, therefore, they, they went to draws. England play things pretty freaking close to the vest. England got a pretty lucky break in getting Sweden. Sweden can't score. So, to me... 
Croatia and England is going to be a lower lower scoring game. I don't back to the Belgium France for a second. I don't want to take. I hate taking overs. I never win. Games are always lower scoring, right? So I think it probably does go over the two and a half, though. I think it'll be one one, and maybe somebody wins two one. But I sort of think it's going to go into extra time, and then somebody could score. So you know. The, the, the total is tough. I'm more of the belief that both teams can get it to 1-1. That's the way I'm sort of thinking of this. And then anything could happen after that. But I also I do like the draws in both matches. I really do. I, I, I'd like to draw more in Croatia and England. I really do think that game. And the Croatia and England game... But we have time to break that one down tomorrow. I mean, uh, we, so we'll focus more on the Belgium-France one right now because uh, Croatia's on Wednesday. And I brought it up earlier with Cam, actually, if you're just tuning in right now. Check out uh, the, um, just Google search the uh, president of Croatia. I'm going to tell you, if you don't like politics, you'll, you'll start liking, uh, you're going to like Croatian politics. Especially if you see there's some beach, uh, some beach shots. Although, you know, listen, <laughs> she's not, you know, it's, we're going by, you know, politician standards here, all right? But, you know, Paula, I'm not saying she's the hottest chick in the world, but we're going by uh, political standards here, and for a politician, she's uh, she's quite the smoke show. So, for Croatia and England, I do like the under, but it's minus 200. It's two and a half, but it's minus 200, so you got to pay the price, but... I don't mind the 200 for that. I really sincerely doubt there's going to be three goals in that match. Tomorrow, a little bit different. Instead of going with the over two and a half, even though I do think it's going to go over the two and a half, you actually get plus money for France and Belgium to go over. You get you get plus money at plus 105, which is somewhat of a surprise because the public's going to love the over in this. But as I stated, I think it's it's a little bit uh, deceptive just because it's, come on, man, it's soccer, it's the World Cup semifinal. I sincerely doubt we're looking at a 3-3 game. Even 2-2 would surprise me. The only thing is, if one team falls behind here, and this is why I like the prop both teams to score a lot, if one team falls behind, it's not the, you know it's not the end of the world. Both France and Belgium have scored and have shown an ability to score in bunches quickly if they need to, right? So I don't think teams are going to be, like, pushing it, pushing it, but once somebody falls behind, they're not going to have a choice but to push it. And eventually somebody's going to score in this game, and then, you know, it's going to open things up for the other team to push it. So... You know, at plus money, I don't think it's a crazy bet at plus 105 to go over with uh, with France and Belgium. But I do prefer just both teams to score. Both teams to score if it's 1-1 and after 90 minutes, we don't have to worry about it because the goal won't count after 90 minutes for your total. The bet is only the first 90 minutes. Now, as good as France are, and France are the favorites right now to win the World Cup as a whole. And I'm surprised that England are the second choice, to be honest. Belgium, I think, personally, I think Belgium are going to win the World Cup now. And I didn't think they were going to win before the tournament started. I thought they were good. I thought they would get bounced sort of, you know, around now. 
type of thing. So maybe 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 my gut instinct. And it's funny too because the two teams that I picked to win the tournament before the tournament started. And I wish I would have just bet on them both instead of just loading up on Germany was France. I like France a lot coming into this tournament, man. And they were like plus 700. But watching France and watching Belgium play, I feel as though Belgium are the better side here. If you look at the French team, they're pretty young. You know, they've got experienced guys, but they've also got a lot of young dudes. And Belgium just seemed to be a little, I don't know, I like Belgium's experience in this spot. Belgium just seemed to be a little bit calmer uh, than France are. France are very explosive, but France make mistakes on the back end. They, You know, they're very offensive-minded. I think Belgium, we're going to find out, man. This is a hell of a game. It's as good as it gets. Long story short, guys, whoever wins this game tomorrow is winning the World Cup, all right? England and Croatia, nice run. They're both good. But England's not beating Belgium or France. And I don't believe Croatia's beating Belgium or France after either. So, you know, to me, the winner of this game tomorrow is the winner of the uh, the 2018 World Cup. You can get France at plus 200 right now. And you get uh, Belgium at plus 275. So I just bring this up because if you're considering playing a future, but, you know, you're better off actually just rolling it over, to be honest, instead of playing the future. Look, you can get Belgium right now to qualify at plus money. So you get Belgium to qualify at, uh, at plus 110, and then you roll it over again in the final. Belgium will be the slight favorites. They'll be favored, but the good thing about soccer is the favorites are always plus money anyways. And they're not, Belgium won't be like massive favorites or anything against Croatia or England in the final, especially if it's England. England are a very, very big, hype public team. People bet on England. England are the popular team in North America right now as well. And obviously in England, they're nut jobs. We told the story earlier about how uh, they, they harassed and surrounded a dog. They're lucky that dog didn't attack them, to be honest. They don't like the fact the dog was German. <laughs> A German Shepherd dog. The World Cup has been a godsend this uh, this summer, though. Normally, it's a tough time of the year right now, guys. I mean, listen, I like I like talking about baseball, so I don't mind talking about baseball stats. I enjoy it. I like being on top of baseball. The you know, I'm never winning. I win, you know, head-to-head sometimes. You know, we have a good lineup a couple of nights a week with baseball, but I found that the baseball DFS stuff has really really helped my gambling on baseball. I've had a nice summer uh, betting on baseball. But, you know, let's be real. You know, baseball is a have a couple of beers. It's a niche thing when you get into, you know, the, the number game and the stat geek stuff of baseball. So generally, you know, a lot of times summer can be summers can be rough. I mean, the the day after the Major League Baseball All Star Game is known as generally the worst sporting day of the year all the time. The WNBA and some of these other leagues have sort of stepped up, and there's you know there's always a game being played somewhere, but it's okay. You know, the world uh, the World Cup got us from from the NBA Finals. Here we are, boom! The World Cup's going to be over on Sunday. That's the uh, that's the fifteenth. We'll be on uh, Monday the 16th, 
And uh, then we're just a couple of weeks away, man, from the start of the National Football League uh, preseason. The first preseason of the game uh, of the year is August the 2nd. And we'll be all over it, man. And I'll tell you what. You know, some people say, well, I don't bet on preseason football. You can learn a lot from preseason football even if you don't bet. It'll help your betting for the regular season. But also, you can play DFS fantasy football in the preseason. And there's a big advantage to this for people that follow the preseason, number one, for people that follow uh, their the teams very closely in the camps and who's going to get the ball and uh, college football. It sucks. You know, we don't have DraftKings college football anymore, but if you know your college football, you can take advantage of it in DFS in the NFL preseason. All right? All right, so I know uh, we're running out of racetrack right now, as the late, great Ted Teven uh, would say. And there's the music. We got Scout Radio coming up next. Ronis and company, top-notch stuff. Our baseball plays of the day, Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers beat the Marlins, minus 140. Give me NOLA tonight, minus 170. Phillies, Red Sox Twins parlay, plus 115. Astros Dodgers parlay, plus 102.